Now, I know I'm going to sound a bit like a nerd here, but I love huge research studies that look at thousands of couples, especially the one we're looking at today, which asks the question, what are the top five things that make for a happy marriage? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode number 45, and we are going to be talking about the key elements of marital success. We want to help you build thriving, passionate marriages. That's our mission and we're committed to it. So the good news is, you know, this stuff's not all mysterious and not things that we talk about in strange metaphorical metaphors, because that was redundant. But uh, no, like the building blocks of happy marriage are big, important things, but they're really elementary Uh in their concepts. So Caleb, are you going to tell us what they are? Yep, I am. This is taken for, I get this uh, from a joint publication of the National Marriage Project and the Center for Marriage and Families at the Institute for American Values. Wow, that's a big name. So America still has some values. And they actually focus these results in the context of marriages where they're parenting right now. Okay. And also compare them a little bit to marriages without children. So we'll, we'll get to go back a little bit back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. So I want to give these five things. We're going to unpack them a little bit and we're going to split them out a little bit for men and women. Now, these top five things, the first four are the same for men and women. And okay. then item number five is really kind of a 5A for women and a 5B for men as, okay. a, as those predictors for marital success. Okay. So what makes wives and husbands very happy in marriage, Caleb? I think what makes you very happy is being married to me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially today. Amazing how they pulled that out of that research study. <laughs> okay. All right. Number one is above average sexual satisfaction. Top of the list. That makes them happy in marriage. Yep. Hmm. If their sexual satisfaction is above average. So what they said was that sexually satisfied wives enjoy a 39 percentage point premium in the odds of being very happy in their marriages and sexually satisfied husbands enjoy a 38 percentage point premium in marital happiness. And so looking at this in the context of parenting, they -hmm. pointed out that while it's normal for sexual activity to decline immediately following having a child... Mm-hmm. it's important that couples rekindle and then renew this part of their relationship as quickly as they can. Hmm. Well, here's a news flash here for guys. And I quote, Uh-oh. women are more likely to report that they are sexually satisfied when they report that they share housework with their husbands. Yeah. That, that was a problem they had with their data. I don't know how they came <laughs> yeah, up with right. that. So what happens outside of the bedroom seems to matter a great deal in predicting how happy Husbands and wives are with what happens in the bedroom. Yeah. But let's not just pick on the guys here because overall they also reported that sexual satisfaction is more likely to emerge for women and men in marriages marked by high levels of generosity, commitment, religious faith, and couple-centered quality time. So Mm. really got to have that whole mix of things in there, Verlinda. Yeah. But on this first point here, I think the challenge to ask ourselves is how is our sex life doing? If you all have had kids... Did you remember to put a fresh set of batteries back in after those long nights of broken sleep and changing diapers and feeding baby and so on? Because that is mm-hmm. an impact. And I was, yep. I was looking at something else just today, Verlinda, that said that uh, 70% of couples report an immediate decline in their, uh, I, think it was, I think it was general happiness following the birth of a child, just because it's such a shock to the system and they're exhausted and like life just changes dramatically, especially with the first child, right? Yeah. 
But as they adapt to and embrace this new phase of life, then the happiness returns. Oh, interesting. We have to see this as a transition, right? And move with it. Yeah. And be communicating and talking our way through that. Yeah. So cultivating above average sexual satisfaction is a top predictor of a very happy marriage. So be working on our sexual satisfaction. Just a question. Yes. Is this a matter of like just saying yes when it's initiated or is this like going above and beyond? How do you increase sexual satisfaction? I think it's about, it's going to be about communicating in the sense that that's going to be different for every marriage. So they're going to have to talk that through and about where are you at? How is this working for you? And what each spouse wants. Adapting and growing, stating your needs and wants, desires. Okay. And being mutual about it. Number two, predictor above average commitment. Predictor? Predictor of marital success. Oh, predictor number two? Predictor number two of marital success is having above average commitment. So here's a bit longer quote, but just it's really good. So bear with me. The association between commitment and marital success is striking. Spouses who score above average in terms of commitment are at least 45 percentage points more likely to report being very happy in their marriage and 29 percentage points less likely to be prone to divorce. Hmm. That's if they're reporting above average commitment. So in other words, above average commitment more than triples the odds of happiness for husbands and wives and reduces their divorce proneness sixfold. So just to kind of break that into bite-sized pieces for Linda, Mm -hmm. more commitment equals more happiness in marriages. Simple point, right? Yep. More commitment equals a significant drop in divorce risk. Okay. Sounds terribly obvious, but yep. you know you actually have to embody and express this commitment, right? And so that, this is where I think it's really about the power of we. Okay. We live in a disposable world. Yeah. Right? Things come and go quickly. You know, even res- relationships, people are experimenting with sort of this quasi-marriage thing with common law relationships before they get in and out because they don't have to take it seriously, right? But really oh, okay. saying, okay, this is not a disposable we are investing in this. We are committed to this. We have made vows about this. This is what we are doing. We so, are married. What does commitment look like? What does commitment look like? Yeah. Like how do you have above average commitment? Uh, I think it's just expressing and upholding loyalty is a huge part of commitment. Okay. And it's the willingness to be vulnerable about the issues that we face and not just back away from them or from each other. When we're, they like come we're up. committed to this. We're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. Okay. All that good stuff. Okay. So deepening your commitment so that it's above average, that's a top predictor of a very happy marriage. Wow. Yep. Number three, as this is the third highest predictor of marital success, above average generosity to your spouse. Now, generosity is not often a word we think of in the context of marriage, but let's just define it, okay? Okay. It's Because it's really important. It's the virtue of giving good things, and I don't mean jewelry, but just giving good things to one's spouse freely and abundantly. And that may look like things such as small acts of service, like making coffee for your spouse in the morning. It may look like expressions of affection, displays of respect, and a willingness to forgive your spouse for his or her mistakes. Hmm. That's It's just that idea of giving good things. That's generosity in the context of marriage. That's what we're meaning by the use of that word. Giving good things. I like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So we really here, we want to embrace a spirit of service and not entitlement. And this is countercultural again. So I'm looking okay. for ways to serve, to give, to speak, to minister to you, not about what I can get out of the marriage. Okay. Yeah. Like genuinely looking for ways to serve one another. This above average generosity is the third highest predictor of marital success. Hmm. Right? Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I think we could add to that, you know, like 
frequent displays of affection, you know, like yep. hugs and kisses and mm-hmm. even hold hands in the car or on your walk or. Yep. Absolutely. A little wink. Yes. And should a woman find herself with a husband like me being ready to forgive <laughs> is a huge bonus as well as part of that. Right. So my question okay. is to our listener, are you a generous spouse? Hmm. We want to become really generous in this area because learning to serve each other in this way so that we're above average in generosity, that's a top predictor of a very happy, happy marriage. marriage. That's neat. Yep. Number four is where we get to the family stuff. Above average attitude toward raising children. So this, so this is a predictor of marital, marital satisfaction. Yeah. Huh. It's your attitude towards raising your children. So fathers and mothers, I quote, fathers and mothers who spend lots of time with their children in activities such as playing, talking, or working on projects together also enjoy significantly higher levels of marital happiness and lower divorce proneness. And they also enjoy more couple time with each other. Wow. Like those who play together, stay together. Yep. Huh. You know, and there's been some research that has indicated in the past that more family time means the couple isn't as happy as in like um, kids make marriages less happy. There's actually been research that's tried to show that relationship, but these researchers are finding and demonstrating that high family values correlated with happy marriage. Interesting. And I think that's where the little part at the end of my first quote about enjoying more couple time with each other is important. Because they found that when wives spend quality time with their husbands once a week or more, they're about 50% more likely to be very happy in their marriage. So even though they hold mm. this very high family value, it's not child-centered necessarily. Right, right. So there's a link between couple time and relationship quality, and that's particularly important for wives. Yeah, I can see that. You can relate to that? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Just makes you feel kind of special, you know? Yeah. So in other words, for Linda... A regular date night appears to be part of the recipe for marital success among today's parents. Oh, I like that part too. How about a date lunch? Because we already do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what? That's the thing. You got to find what works, right? And that works for us. Yeah. And date nights wouldn't really work. Just thought I'd slide that in there to double check. (laughs) See if I'm (laughs) satisfied in my marriage. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching closely. All right. So... Both these things together are the strongest, right? We celebrate our marriage and we need to celebrate our parenthood. We're not resent. Yeah, we can't resent them. Yes. Okay. Out of a place of wishing like it was just us, like, right? Yeah. On the other hand, we don't want to be so child-centered that we have no sense of being a couple as opposed to co-parenting. Right. Yeah. Right? So we want to be both parents and a couple. Yeah. And I think if you have regular dates, Mm -hmm. you're less likely to resent the kids. You know what I mean? Like sometimes How's that? if we haven't had a date for a long time, like I just want to be alone with you mm-hmm. and I almost start to resent the kids because they're in the way. But mm-hmm. when I know that I have my regular time alone with you, then there's not that reason. Because you know you get that couple time. Yeah. Right. So I'm not always looking for it and feeling like they're the reason I'm not getting it because hmm. it's not their fault. It's our no. fault for not making the time. Yep. That's a super observation. Okay. All good on that, Verlinda? Yeah, I think so. So placing a balanced emphasis on marriage and parenting is a top predictor of a very happy marriage. Now, number five. This is where we split up the genders. Okay. All right. Ladies Ladies first. first, Yeah. (laughs) Her fifth factor for creating a very happy marriage is social support. Social as in like outside the marriage social? Yeah. So having friends and family who are supportive of the marriage is critically important to the wife. And you know, the classic sort of movie image of, you know, four wives belly aching over their salads about their husbands. 
That's that's detrimental to marriage. That's not the social support that I'm talking about. It's easy to put ourselves, I think, in a situation where the socially acceptable habit is to complain about our husbands. Yeah. And I think that's compounded by messaging from TV that paints husbands as, you know, slobs and schleps. And, you know, then you add a few more romance novels and harlequins to the mix about how ideal it should be. Mm -hmm. And you really have this, you know, this gap between like, well, look what I'm saddled with, right? Right. So we want to be realistic about the social support and finding that support in people who support our marriage. Okay. Do you know what? Just to add to your last point there. Yeah. It's really hard if someone's complaining about their marriage to not go along with that. Hmm. Because if you go back to like, well, my husband's wonderful, Mm -hmm. then you kind of sound like you're bragging. Like a snob. Yeah. You almost Mm -hmm. feel like you have to support them in... By complaining about yours. By complaining about yours and how Mm -hmm. yours doesn't quite live up either. Well, Mm -hmm. that's just wrong altogether. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to get into that place. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I never complain about my husband, so I don't know much about that. (laughs) You have lots to complain about with your wife. (laughs) No, I don't. So that's, yeah, good point. Because I think, you know, they say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What if, what if you say your perception of your husband is the average of the perception of the five people you spend the most time with? Of their husbands, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So how happy I'm going to be in my marriage kind of depends on who I surround myself with and how happy they are. Is influenced by that. Or it's influenced by, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So surrounding yourselves with people who support marriage and your marriage, that's a top predictor of being in a very happy marriage for women can actually influence your satisfaction. That's profound. That is. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about men. Yeah, let's talk about men. His fifth factor for creating a very happy marriage is marital spirituality. Really? This is interesting. So marital spirituality is linked to the beliefs and behaviors that strengthen the marriage bond, meaning that a husband who believes God is at the center of his marriage is more likely to report a higher level of commitment and show more generosity to his wife. Which are numbers... Two and three and three. What we mentioned. Huh. So this is where I'm calling on husbands to put your marriage and your family into a spiritual context that's going to honor and cherish those that marriage that you have. As in go to church. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. So is this kind of like if the men's social network kind of thing is guys who aren't faithful to their wives or bellyache about their wives or whatever, mm-hmm. they're gonna be less happy. I mean, it kind of relates, even though it's not the same. Yeah, that's an influence too. It's not the same. This is yeah. more of an emphasis on on the spirit, acknowledging the spirituality, and okay. just the whole idea that have having God at the center of your marriage, hmm. and that's the right thing to do biblically, right? But we also have research here saying that that emphasizing this is important too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I think we need to be watching our priorities, so we can give priority, and we can be religious about taking our kids to. Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or 4-H or whatever, mm-hmm. and miss the church gatherings at the drop of a hat to do other family things. But if you want to bless your marriage and your family, you put God in there first, and then you build everything else around that. That's a top predictor for marital happy success marriage. for men, for having happy, happy marriages. Wow. Yeah. So why? I think it's because that's how God meant it to be. What do you think? Yeah. It's just doing yeah. what we were wired for. What? Yeah. What you're created for. Yeah. Men leading their families to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So that's our list of top predictors for happy marriage from this really cool study. Number one, above average sexual satisfaction. Number two, above average commitment. Number three was above average generosity. Number four was above average attitudes towards raising children. 
And number five, for the wives, it was above average social support. And for the husbands, above average marital spirituality. Hmm. That's good. Well, I learned a lot today. <laughs> That's really interesting. So we hope that this gives you a chance to, to review and challenge your marriage. Mm-hmm. So you want to succeed. You have to focus on the things that really work. And so today we've got the five points or five key indicators. Of what does work. Of what does work. Yeah. So go for it. Yes, that's all for today's episode. We have got a received, been blessed with a number of new listeners joining us. There's a couple things you should do if you're new to the show. If this is your first time you're listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button in iTunes so that you get each weekly show as we publish them. And also keep in mind that we create show notes for every episode, including this one. So those are basically the same content that you just listen to, but they're written up nice like a blog post mm-hmm. or not so nice, depending on my week. <laughs> I think you write them up nice. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this, it's a great way to share with your friends on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or Google Plus or whatever. You can get those full show notes at oyf.link slash 45. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. And you can help us do that by heading to oyf.link slash 45 and using the social sharing buttons there to share this with your friends. Wouldn't it be great if you could help them build a thriving, passionate marriage too, just by sharing this resource? We think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all for today. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Good thing that one of the top five predictors of a successful marriage is not being able to successfully record a <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> well, that's all for today. Have a great week and enjoy your marriage. Because <laughs> we enjoy ours. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. You're starting, member. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to be quiet. Oh, sorry. I heard you was being quiet. You're still talking. Sorry. Should be. <clears throat>